Welcome to Talk No Jutsu. I'm Smug Donuts here with my wife, Spiral Fish Cake, and we're here to talk about anime. Anime is an important part of our culture! On this episode, we're going to talk about life lessons anime has taught us, and then we're going to talk about some anime we've been watching recently, like My Hero Academia, Fruits Basket, Nagatoro, and more. Don't ever give up on your dreams! I'll play hard enough for both of them combined, so you better not even think of quitting! Or are you saying that our beach volleyball memories never meant anything to you at all? To start us off, Smug Donuts, why don't you tell us one of your life lessons that you've learned from anime? My first lesson that I learned from anime is that it doesn't matter how perfectly you've perfected your craft or whatever it is. You can always strive for the next level. I feel like I learned this, especially with Dragon Ball Z. Sometimes it feels like in life, people want you to like be good at something and then you'll get really good at it and try to use that skill. But with Dragon Ball Z, it shows Goku just continually was going to go to the next level and Vegeta's continually trying to go to the next level. It does not matter if they reach the highest height and there's literally no one that can compete with them. They're still pushing themselves really hard. Right. And if in life you do find yourself getting better at something, you might hear It's Goku! (laughs) Hey, it's Goku! (laughs) Sorry, that's all I could think about. That is is the meme of the week. That is the meme of the week. I love those memes. Wait, but I'm sorry to somebody de- will be doing something like remotely powerful, and then right. Goku will just show up knocking on the door <laughs> Hi, trying to. Hi, it's Goku. <laughs> hey, uh... it's Goku. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. I feel like that's an important lesson to think about and learn because sometimes it can feel like, okay, well, I've done all I can. I've achieved all I can. Like, why even try anymore? Sometimes it feels like you've peaked or that you just don't feel like getting better. Or like, maybe you just are the best in the pond that you're in. Like, you're a big fish in a small pond. And it feels like, oh, as long as I'm the best where I'm at, then it doesn't matter if I get better because I can beat all these people. But you can still strive to beat your own goals. Right. You can still strive to be even better than you were before you shouldn't just give up because you've reached a certain level you should keep striving every day to be a better version of yourself than you were before no matter what that looks like we know goku ain't stopping no never so the first one i have is kind of cheesy the power of friendship yes everybody has learned the power power of friendship friendship from every i think that's a very basic life lesson to learn from anime but i think i've probably learned this most obviously like i think it comes out the most in shonen anime and when i say the power of friendship what i guess i really mean is that when you try to do things on your own you can only get so far and when you do things for others or when you do things with others especially people that you care about people that you're close to like your friends you can really achieve more than what you ever thought that you could and i I think that that's probably one of my favorite things in anime. I know it kind of becomes a cliche sometimes like, oh, they were in this fight and they couldn't do anything else and then their friend showed up and suddenly they were able to win or whatever it might be. But those are honestly some of my favorite moments because I think it really strengthens the bonds between people in anime when those kinds of things happen. And I think it is important to remember that you can rely on your friends and that you're not alone and that you can do things better together and that sure, it's okay to like we were just talking about to 
try to be a better version of yourself, but it's also okay to do that by having other people in your life help you with it. Sometimes those lessons can be a little ham-fisted or be so obvious that you're groaning, but when they do it well, it's always a feel-good episode for sure. Always very heartwarming. My next one, anime's taught me that if you want to think in black and white terms or always doing the right thing in any situation, that that's going to be a long and difficult road and you're not going to get away with that without some serious decisions and you have to worry about corruption in that case. I think it's a road worth attempting to travel but it's not for everyone i learned that with psychopaths i learned that with death note feel like there's a lot of anime out there with people who think that they can do the right thing all the time code geass is another one and their way of thinking is the right way of thinking and you really gotta worry about what you really strongly believe if your convictions are really the right thing to do and it sounds like you're saying to be careful about always following your ideals so strictly yeah making sure that you're not just pursuing a certain ideology blindly. I do feel that way. But also, I feel like it's good to be critical of your ideology and try to really be skeptical of it. But at the same time, what I'm really trying to say is if you have a perfect ideology that you feel like you've been skeptical of and you've nailed it down, just be aware that even if you think you know what all the right things are to do and you've really nailed it down, it's still going to be a long road. So my next one is simply you need to believe in yourself and you know of course where i have learned that from the most kamina yes kamina my man kamina gurin lagan of course teaches that lesson i think extremely well but i think one of my favorite things in gurin lagan and one of my favorite things about kamina is that we see him and he comes off so confident and so strong the whole time and you would think there's no way he ever has any self-doubt but one of my favorite parts is that scene where he's being vulnerable with yoko and he tells her like i do sometimes wonder what i should be doing i do think that okay maybe this wasn't the right choice but then i see simone's back while he's digging and i feel the strength to go on and continue on so even if he doesn't always feel like he can continue on he still has simone as his strength i like that because i think sometimes we see these people who seem so strong and confident and we think that we can't be like them but hearing that they have doubts too is helpful and then i think too just him reminding simone of that all the time and like the whole point of gurren lagan is that simone evolves from this person who's very self-conscious and doesn't believe in himself to someone who ends up doing so much. It's one of those anime that I think it's great to see the journey of where you can go when you start to believe in your capabilities and when you start to remember that you can reach what you want to reach in life. And I just love too how he went through steps of, okay, well, I'll believe in Kamina because he believes in me. And then, okay, I can believe in me now. I think that Gurren Lagan, when it comes to believing in yourself, it has such an amazing perspective because it teaches you that sometimes believing in yourself isn't necessarily just believing in yourself. There's also believing in other people and other people believing in you. And all of those can be a road to believing in yourself. I think that that's a beautiful thing. Right, that there's just not one way to gain confidence, that there are multiple ways. Like sometimes it's okay to lean on your friends when you need it. Like I said before, even the most confident people in the anime, like Kamina, lean on people sometimes for their strength. Yeah, and everybody's able to believe in the team because they believe in Kamina. Right. So they're believing in themselves. 
my next life lesson is that life goes on. There's a lot of really bad, horrible things that happen in life that you can't take back. I'm thinking of animes like Clannad, Full Metal Alchemist, animes where something horrible, horrendous happens, but the anime doesn't end. It just keeps going and life continues on from there. I can't and talk about Clannad, man. It's too fresh. We watched it like two years ago, but it's, it's still, too still too fresh. <laughs> still not over it. <laughs> the fact is that Sometimes you have to live with horrible things and somehow, some way, life continues on and you can keep going. And Clannad and Full Metal, all those shows show me that life won't just be horrible and end horrendously if something horrible happens. Like, it'll suck that that happened, but there'll still be things that I care about and I'll still be there doing my thing. Yeah, and I think in that kind of the idea of never giving up, you can't give up because of a tragedy. Like You have to try to keep finding meaning in your life and looking forward to what the future could be. Sure, but I'm even saying, even if you do give up, even if you've given up on everything, I was thinking of Charlotte as well. I just had that come into my mind. The poor guy sitting on his couch surrounded by like ramen noodle Even cups. if you have given up, you don't have a choice. The world is going to keep moving on without you. And eventually you can get back up on the saddle and keep going or you can keep giving up. But at the end of the day, life and the world is going to go on. So my next one is specifically from a show. And I did my best to directly quote, but it, I could be a little off on this. But it's from March Comes In Like a Lion. And it says, it's okay to rely on others. If you don't allow yourself to rely on others, others won't rely on you. And that was something when I watched it, it hit me kind of hard when his teacher said that. His teacher has given me lots of words of wisdom. When I watched March Comes In Like a Lion, it was a pretty difficult time in my life. And I think... I learned a lot from that show, which I'll talk more about a little bit later. But this one, I feel like I've always had trouble relying on other people or relying on friends. I feel like I've always just felt better with people relying on me, people telling me about anything difficult happening to them. But if it had to be me saying anything difficult that had happened to me, I just would keep that to myself and try to figure out how to deal with it. When he said that if you don't allow yourself to rely on other people, they won't necessarily feel like they can rely on you. That hit me because I thought about times where maybe I could have been closer with people or formed like deeper relationships with people if I had just let myself rely on them for things or tell them what was going on with me or maybe they would have done the same versus me always letting other people do that first. Yeah, I totally can get that. I do think that sometimes it can be kind of hard to see that the people who everybody really looks up to have worked really hard to earn those people's trust. And it's not as simple as being great or being really good at something or having a lot of confidence or being really charismatic. It's a process over time. And I think it was helpful watching it because you can see when he meets up with the three sisters 
sisters that he becomes close to. They invite him to dinner and they say he's able to come over any time. And he really wonders like, okay, is that real? Can I actually come over any time? Did they really mean that? And he does start coming over for dinner and he does start allowing himself to rely on them for meals and just time together. And then they start allowing themselves to rely on him for emotional support or or friendship or he helps them out in different ways. And so by him allowing to take that first step to trusting that they meant what they said that he can come over and them reaching out in the first place, I think that it was good to see him accepting that and learning that it's okay to rely on others and that he doesn't just have to eat dinner alone every night from convenience store food. Yeah, and sometimes it can be really hard to make that decision. It almost feels like you're a burden on the other people. There's a level, I feel like, of trust that you have to have with people to say, okay, they meant what they said. They do care about me. They do like me. They want me to lean on them. And sometimes it can be hard if you're the kind of person who's always been the person that people lean on. Or in his case, I think a lot of it came from being a part of a family where people didn't want him there. And so trusting that, no, these people do want me here. My next life lesson is that sometimes it doesn't matter what your goal is, but rather who you're trying to reach it with. Kind of like the journey rather than the destination. I kind like of a it. Thing. That's good. That is a good lesson. And I feel lesson. like the works of the guy that made Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo really teach this lesson the best. What their destinations were wasn't really the point of that show. It was really the journey that mattered and the relationships there that really mattered. Were they even going anywhere half the time in Cowboy Bebop? (laughs) Where are they even going? (laughs) I don't know, but it was fun good there, okay? It's a fun time. Oh, it was a fun time. But you're right. Sometimes it is more about who you're with than it is about what you're doing. And I think that that's the most important thing in friendships. Like if you have a friend that you can just do absolutely nothing with and still have a good time, that's a friend you got to hang on to. Like in Samurai Shampoo, they may never find satisfaction in what they want, but they at least found each other. Right. I think that's pretty nice. So this next one comes right from the wise woman, Toru's mom from Fruits Basket. The lesson that she taught me is people have different ways of showing kindness. And I know that's kind of cheesy. But when Toru said in the show that her mom had told her that people, when they're born, they're not naturally good. Kindness isn't something that naturally comes to people when when they're born. So they have to learn how to be kind. And so that's why for everybody, kindness looks different. And I think that's interesting because I feel like a lot of times there are just some people who are super kind people that are super obvious. They'll do things for you. They're always willing to help you out, whatever. But I also think that there are plenty of people who are kind, but in ways that maybe you have to look into a bit more or you have to learn to understand a bit better and I think the more that you get to know someone the more you learn about what kindness looks like for them right that can be a really beautiful thing to learn about somebody and another really beautiful thing Fruits Basket taught me about kindness is that sometimes people don't realize what that looks like for them like they don't realize the kindness or the special quality about themselves that is really beautiful that other people really appreciate i think that toru said that it's kind of like the world is an onigiri it's like a rice ball and everybody just thinks that they're white rice because the good qualities are on their back and they can't see them that show is full of a lot of good life lessons and and good words of wisdom 
For me, the next life lesson I learned, I learned from an anime, but it's not because the anime was trying to teach me this. It's just that it made me feel by watching it that a character was being really annoying and I wish that they would do this. And then I was like, you know what? Sometimes I'm that character. (laughs) And it's the Angelus' Evangelion taught me to get in the robot. And I know that sounds like a joke, but really it's not. Like, are you, sincerely. Are you trying to suggest that you're Shinji? Sometimes everybody can be Shinji. That's very true. I feel like people are unfairly hard on Shinji. Like, how many well, times in your life have you known what you're supposed to do and known that you should do something and then just not wanted to do it, avoided it, hid from it? Yeah, in, in the anime, Shinji has legitimate reasons to not get in the robot. So it was trying to teach a different lesson than what everybody took from it. I swear, everybody watches Neon Genesis Evangelion and takes away from it that Shinji is annoying twerp that won't get in the robot. But I feel like Avatar taught me that sometimes you have to choose a path doesn't matter if it's the right path you're not going to get it perfect every time but you've got to choose a path and you got to be true to yourself and sometimes you have to choose to be an individual be yourself that's more what Ava was trying to teach so this next one also comes from March comes in like a lion another quote from his teacher honestly one of the most underrated teachers in all of anime sometimes all you can do is what you can do And I know that that sounds kind of simple, but for me, when I heard that, that was another one that hit me pretty hard. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Because I feel like I've always been this way where I expect a lot of myself and I expect that I should be able to solve things and make things work and figure things out and do them. Spiral Fishcake really thinks she can do it all sometimes. (laughs) I'm very hard on myself. And I think this hit me because Ray is also very hard on himself in the anime. And one of the sisters was upset about something. And he had told his teacher, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to help her. And he's like, well, sometimes all you can do is what you can do. And what he was trying to tell him is if you're just there for her, if you just stay by her side and listen to her and support her when she's having all these feelings and having all this trouble. I believe it was because she was getting bullied. There was something like that going on, I believe. And obviously, Ray can't go to her school and figure that out for her. And he felt helpless in the situation. And so his teacher was trying to tell him that all you can do is what you can do. And that's be there for her, support her. I think that that's a good life lesson because when you feel helpless in situations, it feels like there's got to be more that I could do. There's got to be some sort of way I can fix a problem. I think it's important to remember that you can't always fix a problem and that fixing the problem could be impossible or not your job. And your job is sometimes just to be there for people or it's sometimes just to even do nothing but be available for somebody because you can't just go around trying to fix everything. And sometimes it's really not your place to do it either. That was actually one of the next life lessons that I was going to bring up a little bit phrased differently. But one of my next ones was that sometimes the best person you can be is someone who enables others to succeed. Sometimes you're just not at a place in life where what you could do is to do the best for yourself. Sometimes if you want to be effective, you can support other people and that's okay. I learned that from Aizuken because there's a character in that show who wants to see anime happen and her talents have nothing to do with anime, but she's able to guide these crazy people. Kanamori. 
Yeah, Kanamori. She's able to guide these crazy people through the things that they can't do, through the greed and the club craziness and the news and the drama and the PR nightmares. She has the skill set, and even though she can't do anime, she can make anime happen. Same with Shiro Bako. The main character is a producer, and producers don't make anime, but they make anime happen. And that's a really beautiful thing to me, is that sometimes your skill set isn't perfect for making what you really want deep down happen to happen to make your goals come true but you could still help other people make their goals come true the next one i have is talent isn't everything i think that we see this in a lot of anime where there are characters who are talented but they don't work hard they don't use it in a good way i think it's wonderful if you're talented but that can only get you so far you have to use the rest and i feel like i see this a lot in like music anime and sports anime in Kuroko's basketball there's a guy who's super talented but (laughs) I'm sorry every time I think of him his name's Amine and he's the guy who's like the only one who can defeat me is me (laughs) (laughs) it cracks me up for some reason but anyway he gets such a big head because he's just so amazingly talented that he just basically says it's not worthwhile to continue to work with my team like what's the point nobody's gonna beat me but there's always going to be other people who are equally talented or even more talented than you so if you don't continue to work hard then that's not gonna matter and then of course we see this in Naruto right like talent's not everything Rock Lee becomes an amazing ninja even though objectively he can't do hardly anything besides Taijutsu like he doesn't have the talent that was given to other characters like Neji or Sasuke who were both pretty naturally talented. He has a different talent so. Yeah but it's something he had to work at. He wasn't like just naturally good at taijutsu. His talent was perseverance. His talent yes Rock Lee's talent is perseverance very true but what I'm saying is sometimes people are just naturally very gifted at drawing or music or sports or what have you but if you don't use it or continue to hone that skill then you're really wasting it. And I will say too talent does not make you better than other people. I have issues with Neji because I feel like Neji was really mean to Rock Lee for no reason just because he was like you're not talented you suck and Rock Lee was like you know what heck with you I'm gonna work hard and show you and he did so I've always had a problem with Neji because he looked down on other people for not being as naturally talented as him. Tell this to Oikawa from Haikyuu. Oikawa works really hard he also struggled in the beginning remember? But I'll never beat Kageyama. If Kageyama keeps improving. Because he's naturally talented. Because Kageyama's more talented than Oikawa. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter. It does matter. (laughs) Not to Oikawa. (laughs) Oikawa just needs to get a grip. I mean, that's the other side of it. Sometimes you're going to see people who both are talented and hardworking. We see that in the pet girl of Sakuraso. I think this is a great example where you see somebody who's both hardworking and talented and you see the other people sort of start to lose motivation because they look at her and they're like, wow, I'm never going to be that talented. And that can be really heartbreaking for people who want to create something. But I'm just saying talent alone isn't everything. Like you can't just fall back on that. You can't just rely on that. You have to also work hard. And just because you're someone who isn't naturally talented at something doesn't mean you can't also reach the same levels as somebody who is naturally talented at something. Don't count yourself out because you aren't naturally good at something. 
my next life lesson is pretty simple, but it hit me really hard when I learned it, which is that heroes fail sometimes. And I see that across a lot of anime. I know it sounds like a simple lesson, but it's probably just because I learned it really early. <laughs> Imagine flashback to I was like a child. <laughs> My like hero, three years old. My hero was Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. Major spoilers for Pokemon Kanto region. Oh, Just, man. If you haven't watched that, then be prepared. Three, two, one. Ash loses in the Pokemon League. He gets eight badges. All that success defeating gym leader after gym leader as like the coolest Pokemon trainer ever. To me, he was so cool. And then he lost in the place where it actually mattered. Did that devastate? you as a small child i just couldn't understand how they could do that but it's true sometimes the people that you can look up to and admire they don't always succeed at everything they fail and that's okay you can move on you can learn from your mistakes and do better and sometimes doing better leads to another failure but that's okay you keep moving on i think we see that a lot in my hero academia that's also where i was thinking (laughs) of going next yeah i really like that about my hero academia because It's really everyone's journey to learning how to become a hero. And so obviously when you're learning how to do something, you're going to make mistakes along the way. And they are learning how to become heroes from people who are already heroes. And then we also see those people making mistakes or being unsure about things like All Might being unsure of how to teach. Didn't he have that manual on like how to teach for dummies in his back pocket or something? Yeah, it's kind of amazing what you can learn about the real life of your hero, the person you really admire. If you look at them really closely i think that's what can be kind of cool about my hero academia is it doesn't just go this is the heroes and we're learning to become heroes it's about my hero and what you learn from your hero maybe that's why it's called my hero maybe <laughs> who knows could really be called that for any reason So the next one, kind of paired with what my last one was, it's important to work hard. And I think we all really know that. This isn't a lesson I've only learned from anime. But when I watch the training arcs in anime, I think this is really where it hits the most. Like when I would watch Naruto, always working hard. When you have a goal and when you have a dream, I think it can be easy to just imagine yourself being there and then when it comes to actually getting there, when it comes to the road to get there and all the things you have to do, sometimes it feels so overwhelming that you just want to give up and just say, whatever. Oh, well, that's a dream. But I think it's important to work hard and not give up on that just because the work itself is hard. Because for most people, if they have a dream, it's going to be hard to get there. I always appreciated seeing that in Naruto, like just seeing how hard he would always work, even though he's kind of a naturally sloppy sort of lazy person. Like his room's kind of messy and he likes to sleep but when he has a goal and a thing that he wants he works really hard for it and will get up early to complete it and do what he needs to do my next one is to stay strong even in the darkest of times stay strong to your convictions even if the worst is happening to you if you believe in something stick to it i'm mainly thinking of shield hero here And if you need support from a a raccoon girl to stay true to that, then maybe you need support from a raccoon girl. We're not judging here. Maybe it's a body pillow. I don't know. Get that hug. Stay true to your beliefs. Nalfami really does stay pretty strong in his beliefs. And he stands up to a lot of people, a lot of very powerful people. It's funny because it kind of paints it in the show as though he turns evil. But I don't really think he does. (laughs) He gets all emo and edgy. He just gets angry and mean. He turns mean. 
important. He's jaded. But deep down, I feel like he still does what's right. It is pretty funny because he comes in all like happy-go-lucky and then the whole situation goes down. He's like, can't trust the man anymore. Gonna be emo now. Yeah, and also I guess that taught me that when it's not working, sometimes you got to think of alternative paths to get what you need, but that doesn't mean you have to do anything evil. He's just mean to people is all. That's true. He's a good guy. And he still does things to try to help the kingdom and try to help the people in it even though he was pretty screwed over by them. And another thing is that if you're in a really bad situation, like the worst situation, sometimes a good sense of humor can get you through it. Thinking of Konosuba. I don't even know if they have a good sense of humor. I just <laughs> laugh at their bad situation. And it yeah, helps me we get laugh. It. We laugh at their misery. <laughs> and that helps us when we're having a tough time. So, I mean, either way it works out. <laughs> So my next one is don't get caught up in seeking revenge. And I think that the anime that I really thought of slash manga is Vinland Saga because there are a lot of themes in that anime about revenge. And I think that it shows really well how when you make that your only goal and your whole life is just centered around revenge, what do you really do once you get it? Or if you are in a situation where you can never get revenge, then what do you do? What's your life's purpose? If you let revenge consume you so much it's going to really take over your life and ruin who you really are i mean we see that in naruto with sasuke you see it in vinland saga with thorfinn like he's a cool character and i love him in vinland saga and i mean the revenge that he wanted is fair and sometimes if you get revenge against someone and then their family's going to want to get revenge against you and we see that in attack on titan when does that cycle of, of violence and revenge ever end and so at some point somebody has to be willing to break the cycle and say, you know what, I'm going to choose differently. Like, I'm not going to let revenge control my life. And I think it can be very easy when someone wrongs you or says something offensive to you or whatever it might be to just get really stuck in that mindset of revenge. And it's hard to choose something different. So it is interesting in anime seeing different ways that revenge is a theme and how it affects that person and then sort of what they do with it. And sometimes it feels great in anime to see somebody get revenge revenge, right? But then it also feels bad when you see how much it consumes them. So this is a really hard lesson for me to summarize, but when I watch ReZero, or when I watch Steins Gate, or anything with time travel, it makes me realize that sometimes the regrets I have when I don't do things the way I wish it had worked out, they're not reasonable. Like if I could do it a hundred more times, I'm not going to get the thing that I wanted. So maybe it's okay to let myself move on from not having done something the perfect way, because there's not really such thing as a perfect way every time there's gonna be situations where you don't get something right the first try and that's okay maybe you could have done it if you had a thousand more tries but a lot of these time travel things show that it doesn't really matter yeah Subaru and Okabe know that better than anybody you can want something to happen and try to do it a hundred different times but it's not gonna happen 
Yeah, and I'm not saying that Subaru doesn't have any regrets, but I am saying that that's how I feel when I watch his show. Oh, man. Subaru has been through it. Yeah, for real. Him and Okabe need to, like, start a support group for each other. And he can fix a lot of the things that he does wrong. And his life is awful. It drives him insane. It's same with Okabe. Trying to fix the things that he regrets drives him insane. So maybe I should try to be less driven insane by trying to fix the things i do wrong that's the path it leads down is you go crazy you're fixate yeah you fixate on trying to fix everything instead of moving forward and learning from whatever mistake it was and just kind of learning to move on so my next one is it's okay to let the past be important I feel like a lot of times when you're an adult and you look back at people who were important in your life when you were younger, that you're supposed to just be like, oh, that was a high school friendship. That doesn't matter. Like, oh, we were in middle school. None of that mattered. But I feel like in anime, they have a way of looking back at things and it matters. And it's kind of, you know, obviously in like a dramatized sort of way, but they never look back at things that happened, at least for the most part, in an anime and say that wasn't important because we were young then, we were kids then. And we didn't really love that person. You know what I mean? They don't minimize their feelings towards the people that were important to them. And I feel like we do that all the time. All the time I hear, that was your girlfriend when you were 12. That's stupid. And obviously, it's not going to be the same emotional depth probably as it is later on. But there are people that I cared about when I was younger that it was very important. And then I definitely loved that person and cared about them. And they were an important friend to me. Those feelings don't just magically disappear. So I like seeing in an anime different ones like Anohana I know you haven't seen that one where they talk about the importance of a person that they were all friends within their group and kind of expressing their feelings about her and being able to do that and then I think that there are plenty of other anime that do that that show that the bonds that you make as friends are still real and important even when you grow up I would say the movie five centimeters per second sort of does that even though it shows how it also fades over time it also shows a snapshot of a moment in time where that relationship was really important and how they dealt with the loss of it but they never look back at things and say that didn't really matter they always remember it and keep it as part of themselves i feel like it's pretty natural to look back and because you tend to learn lessons over time you tend to be smarter over time to kind of belittle yourself in the past so it makes sense to feel that way just naturally but you're right the things you went through were still valid and everybody is a child at some point Right, and all of those experiences really shape who you are as an adult. All of those friendships, the relationships, whatever it was that you had, are still important and valid. And I think that anime does a great job of exploring that and showing moments in time that were really important. So I mentioned before when I'm talking about Shinji that it's important to choose a path. And I just want to reiterate that again. That's a life lesson that I learned over and over again watching an anime. And I want to add on to that. I also kind of learned this from physics. In order to move in physics, to get from one place to another, you need what's called a vector. And that is a combination of speed, like velocity and direction. And a lot of people focus on speed. 
So in the metaphor, speed is passion. Speed is like going really hard, doing a lot of hard work, doing your best. But in order to get to where you want to be, you don't just need speed. You don't just need your passion. You don't just need to move forward. You need a direction to move in. And that's something that Kaon taught me is that if you're directionless, like Yui was at the beginning of the show, sometimes the most directionless people, you look at them and you're like, wow, they just don't apply themselves that's not necessarily true some people some people it's not that they're naturally not passionate or that they're naturally stupid or that they're naturally not talented with yui she was directionless it's not that she wasn't talented it was that she was directionless and in kaon she finds a direction it literally could be any direction and for her it was music and when she found a place that she wanted to go to then is what caused her to be capable of moving she found that speed because she was able to point herself towards something she was able to go farther be more passionate she went full all out forever and she never stopped when she found that direction and I think that's interesting because a lot of people they don't think that they have that passion or they don't feel confident in themselves but maybe you just need to be pointing yourself in another direction right and like you said some people have a lot of passion and motivation it's just that they don't know what to do with it right and if you're going all out in the wrong direction then it doesn't matter how fast you're going this is my way of saying sometimes you've got to admit it's okay to get out of the robot if that's not the direction you're supposed to be going in then get out of the robot (laughs) (laughs) oh my god So the next one I have is be honest about who you are. And I think that that's really important because it can be easy to get wrapped up in who you think you should be or what you think you should be doing. There are a variety of different anime where if you can learn this lesson from, I think Chunibyo is a good one because he was trying to push down that whole Chunibyo part of himself. Right. Super embarrassed about his past version of himself, but it's okay to be honest about who you are and say that you like that kind of stuff or that you're interested in different things. It's okay to say this isn't the path I want to take or this isn't the person I, I want to be. And sometimes that doesn't always work out for you, but I think it's important to be honest about who you are, especially to your friends. Because if you hide things about yourself, that's not going to allow you to have as deep of relationships as you'd like. And if you're enjoying yourself and being true to yourself and you're having a good time, what can anybody really say against you for that? Oh no, you're having too much fun. They're just being mean at that point when i've gone through my life and i see people that i think man it seems like they have a lot of fun interests and that kind of stuff it's always the kind of stuff that i imagine people make fun of them for maybe you're really into sports or you're really into comic books or whatever people will make fun of you for that but at the same time that's also what people find kind of cool about other people those things that you don't want to share with other people i think that expressing yourself more often than not is actually a good thing And I think what's important to remember about that is for the most part, there are going to be people that you'll find that like the same things. Like I know sometimes people get made fun of for liking anime and I know sometimes it can be awkward to share with people that you like anime. That's still something that I sometimes struggle with talking to friends or family or people I know about anime. It it does get, the more niche your interest is, it gets a lot harder. But 
what's great is that I've been able to meet other people who like it too, whether that's online or in person. And being able to talk to people about a shared interest is like one of the best things ever. So just know that there are people out there that you will be able to connect with on whatever it is that you like. Another lesson I learned, we've been talking a lot about being useful to people or like having other people rely on you or relying on other people. Something I've learned from anime is that you don't need to have everybody in the world rely on you. Sometimes it's good enough just to have one person. Sometimes being there for somebody and having somebody be there for you and having that bond, sometimes that's enough. I feel like I learned that from Darling of the Frogs. There's so many people in that anime. All that really matters is their relationship (laughs) i remember literally no one else's name except ichigo because she's infamous for being a jerk and literally no one else i don't remember their names not even zero three what (laughs) (laughs) seems like pretty easy names to remember there's not a zero three in that anime is there oh my gosh i don't remember all, anyone's all name. of them have numbers and then hero names them so if you can't remember their names i don't blame you because they were literally named by a child so my next one is pretty similar to the last one i said but it's okay to like what you like i think this gets shown in a lot of different animes i would say love is hard for otaku is a good example of this I know this is one you've never seen, but they're all adults and they're all working and they're all otakus and it's great just seeing how that brings them together and how they're able to join friendships with each other based on that. And I think that that's great. And then I would say too, like in gamers, they all love games and they're all joined together by that and they get fulfillment out of that. I think it's okay to like what you like and to embrace that. Basically like what I said about being who you are. I just like that there's so many different anime about people who like things and really lean into liking that thing. Another Kyoto animation show, Violet Evergarden, taught me that sometimes, even if you think that you know your life's purpose, sometimes you can be even more meaningful with another purpose. Really, she thought that her purpose was for war and all toward this one person, but she is having such a deep and meaningful life. Being an auto-memory doll. And helping other people. And I think that what she does is really important and really powerful. And I don't think she could have that kind of impact on the battlefield but that's what she was made for right and it shows that just because one part of your life is over or just because what you thought your purpose was in life is over doesn't mean that you can't start again and do something else just as meaningful or even sometimes even more meaningful than what you thought you'd be doing my next lesson that I had is value your friends and also with this it's important to tell your friends that you care about them and that they're important to you and this is something that I've always been kind of awkward about I'm just not very good at expressing my feelings towards people in general or like telling people that they're important to me it shows this lesson so many times in so many different anime when you don't show your feelings to people your relationship gets stuck and it doesn't really go anywhere but once you tell people how you feel whether it's a friend or a romantic person that you're interested in then it can get the relationship to be deeper that's a hard lesson sometimes to remember that you have to tell people that you care about them you have to show them that you value them because even though you know that you value them and you know that they're important to you they might not always know that and it might make your relationship better if you tell them and it might make it worse if you just don't say anything even though it's hard and sometimes it feels really awkward to be like hey friend i love you or hey friend you're important to me yeah i have 
have that kind of stuck in the back of my head. I have a specific part of that. Like, well, what if I don't see this person for a long time? Or even what if I don't see that person ever again? I think to myself, the last thing that I left them with is them not being sure about where we stand. And I don't like that. I like to leave people sure. My next lesson is that sometimes things don't make sense. You expect them to make sense and to follow patterns. I'm thinking specifically of Full Metal Alchemist, that they have this rule that for anything given, there must be something taken away. Equivalent exchange. And they believe that that's the only thing that's true. You look at all of the stuff that they go through, really believing that if they lose something, that they can get something in return. And sometimes it is true. Sometimes you do get an equivalent exchange out of life, but sometimes life just isn't fair. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And I think for some people, maybe Ed and Al, they went through the long, arduous path to get there and to be able to see a reward at the end of it, maybe. But I don't know if it's worth it every time. Like sometimes it's okay to just go, you know what? That didn't make sense. That wasn't worth it. I lost there and move on. And sometimes you can be happiest by moving on when things don't make sense. You can find that as well in the absurdist animes like Cowboy Bebop and Emery Champlou I mentioned earlier. They didn't have a ton of successes, but even when things don't make sense, they just move on. They keep going. So my next one I have is it's more important to love something than be perfect at it. And I think this is one of those things that gets shown a lot in music anime and sports anime where the person will lose sight of why they loved what it was in the first place. I'm thinking Forest of Piano. One of the characters loses sight of their love for piano at all and just focuses solely on the technical side of it and trying to be as perfect at it as possible. Sometimes when you try to be perfect at something and you lose your passion for it, it's like you become this robot just trying to perform as perfect as it can be and you lose the personality that's in it. And usually in those situations, there's always like a foil character to that person someone who's like very passionate and and talented and helps them to see that their way of doing things is not always the best way but I definitely think if you love something and then you want to be great at it and you just focus solely on only getting better and just lose sight of why you loved it in the first place that's just not healthy for you and it's not good for you and it's important to remember why you love something and remember that it's important to love what you're doing as much as you can when you're passionate about something because you don't want to lose the passion my last one is from monogatari what'd you learn from there in baka monogatari in the first arc we see senjo gahara dealing with a crab sickness she has where she's weightless and may may the incredible spiral he says he can't cure her she has to cure herself she has to be the one to do it and i feel like that's something a lot of people learn throughout their lives is that i have to help myself in addition when you watch monogatari you see a lot of people dealing and processing with trauma and they're helping themselves but you also notice that they're not alone when they do that and i think that a lot of people miss that when they're helping themselves some people process it by themselves but for most people i think 
having somebody help you understand how to get through something, even if it is you who has to do it, it is your burden to push yourself through to do it. Having someone help you understand how you can do it and what you need to do, that's really important too. So you have to help yourself, but another person reaching out for help, having somebody help you get through it, having somebody help you process a really difficult event, that can sometimes be just as important as learning the lesson that you have to be the person to carry that weight. Yeah, that's very true. Throughout that whole time when she's dealing with that situation, she has Maymay, she has Aragi there, but at the end of it all, she's the one who takes care of it. Yeah, and Aragi's always trying to help other people constantly. He's not willing to put himself first a lot of the time. He's always trying to get involved in all sorts of situations. Yeah, when I started thinking about Monogatari, my first thought was the lesson should be don't focus on 10 girls. Focus on one. Aragi's <laughs> <laughs> just trying to help. So my last one, our last anime life lesson. Don't run away from your problems. How many times in various anime have you heard, I can't run away, I need to stop running away? So many, right? Every anime. Every Name anime. an anime where that's not a life lesson. <laughs> Every anime. But I think it's an important one because it's something that at least I know that I struggle with is it's very easy to avoid your problems and to not deal with them and just kind of hope that they go away or if you have an issue, live with it and not deal with it. But it is important not to run away from things. Like if you need to say something to someone, you need to say it. Or if there's a task you need to do, then do it. If there's something about yourself that you really need to face, then you can't run from it. And I know it becomes kind of a cliche in a lot of anime but I think that it's very true and it's definitely something that's easy to do is to run away from problems and I think it's really important to really think about all of the different things in your life and really evaluate am I running away from things like am I really not facing things am I just living day to day and getting through life or am I really facing different things head on yeah I think it's just such a powerful lesson because I feel like it's ingrained in us to run away in certain situations and there's a lot of things that you can find scary and there's just so many things that you can avoid because so many reasons you don't know how to do it you are afraid of a certain person you don't like the situation that you're in or maybe you don't believe in yourself enough or something happened in the past that you're having difficulty with and it's very easy for that to be the answer and sometimes that is the answer but not running away pretty good lesson well that does it for our anime life lessons so next we will be talking about anime we've been watching recently and in this part we're going to be talking about spoilers for those shows that we watch so if you want to avoid those you can skip to the part that you want to listen to it'll be in the show notes First up, I finished Forest of Piano Season 2. Feels like such a long time ago, honestly, that I finished it. Well, we have watched a lot since then. Watching kind of a lot of anime recently. Yeah, we watched a lot since then. It was good. Our main man won some awards, finally got recognized for his style of piano. His rival finally realized that they should be friends instead and that his style of piano is important too. And you know, I feel like it's very wholesome and very very positive and everybody realized that their style of 
piano is important. And the animation got better. They just stopped doing the ugly 3D animation and they just kind of cut to scenes of beautiful trees and stuff. So it was really good. They really did a good job of exploring all of the different side characters' background stories. As you hear about everybody else's stories, you're like, oh man, it's kind of a bummer that they're not going to win or like it would be great if they could win because everybody was equally as invested in winning. There's a lot of good side characters and good piano. I have to be honest, I'm not like well versed in the piano or anything, so I can't really tell if it's good or bad unless it's like blatantly really bad. So it all sounded pretty good to me. I really like music anime. I think music anime is fun to watch. I'm not somebody who really plays instruments. I used to be able to play guitar, but I can't really anymore. So I really like watching other people do it and I just kind of sit back and appreciate it. It's not one of my favorite music anime, but it definitely was a good one. And I know you seem to like a lot of music anime, a lot of sports anime. Kind of cool. People trying to improve themselves. I'm really just trying to say that K-On is basically the same show as Kroko's Basketball. I mean, they do all just try to get better. In fairness, that isn't wrong. I do feel like music anime and sports anime are very closely connected. Yuri on Ice and Beck are like basically the same Oh gosh. Beck is such a unique music anime. That's my favorite one, I think. Speaking of sports anime, I also finished... Kuroko's Basket Season 2. <laughs> I have to say, Almine says the only one who can defeat me is me. <laughs> one more time. Joke's on you, buddy, because you got defeated. So, joke's on you. The only one who can defeat him is him, though. Well, he has discovered that that is not, in, in fact, the case. But you don't understand. You just think that he was beaten by someone else, but really, he was only beaten by himself. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You see, you just didn't think about it deeply enough. I didn't. I didn't think uh, about it deeply enough. Now that you enough. see the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. Now that I've seen the whole story. But anyway, Kagami rises up, gets better, defeats Almine. Very satisfying to watch. Kuroko is learning to shoot baskets. I know you haven't seen this, so you don't appreciate that. But No, not even a little Kuroko bit. has always been a passer and that's it. Like he's totally terrible at shooting baskets. And he got Almine to teach him how to shoot baskets. No way. After their team beat his team, Almine's team, they kind of made up a little bit and became friends a little bit. And that was really heartwarming to see, to be honest. I really liked that part. I'm very excited because there are more seasons of this to see Kuroko utilizing his shooting skills now. He's already done a really good job at using those in the game. And Okay, I have to say, though, something about Kroko's basketball. It gets more and more dramatic as time goes on. And they, like, keep making stuff up, I swear. Things that don't actually exist in yeah. basketball, you Yeah, mean? they're like, well, he has eagle eye. What does that mean? He can see all of the different movements that everyone's going to make. Oh. He has future prediction ability. He can predict when people are going to shoot a basket next. Well, maybe he does. <laughs> You ever think of that? <laughs> I, I guess. Huh, Spiral? <laughs> I, I mean, they do have it. Yeah. They say they have it, but if it's If you had those abilities, the other team would probably be telling each other about it, oh, too. and another thing. They talked about getting in the zone. They're like, you can only get in the zone if you truly love basketball. And it only happens to very few. Or if you do the Black Flash. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Flash. Those are the only two ways to get into the zone. <laughs> 
What's the black flat? That's the move in Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. Seconds after doing the black flash, you enter what people in sports call the zone. The zone. There are a few professional <laughs> athletes that are able to enter the zone. They're all in Kuroko's basketball. But yeah, I honestly love how over the top it is. It is so ridiculous, but I, I think it's great, honestly. Can I just say, I'm kind of annoyed that people are using the words the zone to mean something other than what it means in sports. Because the zone is supposed to be this thing where it's called a zone because you have to have a very specific set of circumstances to get in it. And it's very easy to get out of the zone. So it's very difficult because the whole point of the zone is that you're not thinking about it and you're not forcing yourself into it that if you start thinking about getting out of the zone then you're out of the zone that was a problem that kagami had right and so i feel a little bit weird when people are like when you do this move you're in the zone overall season two more dramatic than the first but honestly pretty fun i'm loving everybody's character development it's really great i'm really proud of them together we watched pet girl of sakura so the writer of that show is the same person who wrote bunny girl senpai really i didn't know that it's kind of crazy you can see some of the similarities in the show but i think it's pretty cool it's one of those shows both bunny girl and this show where all of the characters you think oh this is going to be a harem where the main character is the focal point but really everybody has their own parts where they're the focal point of the story it's kind of beautiful they're all really fleshed out characters just kind of cool with their own motivations and worlds that's what i really like about it and why i insisted and forced you to watch it i was like not about it but i like this a lot more than i thought i would it made me cry i think it's just a really good anime for people who have ever wanted something really bad and tried really hard for it and failed. And I mean, I think a lot of us can relate to that on some level. How many times have you really wanted something and then you try to get it and you can't? Mashiro had to deal with the opposite in terms of all this pressure to succeed and like continue to be good because she's very talented and just continue to be talented and then having other people be jealous of her and destroying friendships just because she's really good at something and it's not her fault. It's really beautiful beautiful and that it shows that in their efforts to have Sorita make work that is really valuable they end up working together and making some really cool stuff together and having experiences that really matter to them and that's true whether it's Sorita or Shiro they both have these really good interesting experiences together trying to make something really cool but Sorita fails over and over again at making something really cool and that's not the point the point is that he succeeds in having this friendship together and having this kind of family and Shiro succeeds and succeeds in her craft but she needs that just as much as he does right and it just not be the right time or he may never succeed at what he wants to do but at the end of the day that family is something everybody needs even if you aren't a huge success you know what else everybody needs to praise Misaki because she's best girl I was so invested in her and Jean's love story and I wanted to punch Jean in the face because he made her cry and made her sad and she wasn't this bubbly little sweet angel and then finally they did make up and everything was great and that made me happy i was literally going to swear off all romance slice of life anime if their relationship didn't work out to be completely honest so i mentioned while we were watching the show that i had my own opinion of who best girl was and i didn't tell you who that was yeah you hid it from me it was a secret 
but I thought the first time I watched this in Japanese, we watched it the dub because the dub came out recently. I thought Nanami was best girl. This time around, I felt like you're right, feeling more like Misaki's best girl. So I totally get why you feel that way. It's just she loves him so much, and it's really hard to not see that she is trying so hard to move on to the next step in her life. She's so desperate for it, and she's so kind to everyone else. And loves everyone so much but not me in my history of watching anime where there's two or more girls fighting over a boy not me is the straw that broke the camel's back i was freshly hurt after watching nisekoi because Ooh, you watched this after nisekoi i watched this right after nisekoi because after watching season two of nisekoi i started to get this feeling that ichijo was in the end of the show gonna pick chidoge instead of onodera and i've never felt so strongly that Onadera. She's just so beautiful and perfect and they love each other. In the beginning of the show it is so clear that he loves Onadera and Onadera loves him and they get so close and it just makes me furious because it's so clear in the beginning of the show that Chidage is annoying and Ichijo is hey. annoying to Chidage. Well, Chidage has problems. I know, but And they're listen, both mob boss children. This is not Nisekoi slander time. And just to be clear, I haven't finished Nisekoi so I don't know who in the world he ends up with. It's just, I was worried about that. And then I watched this show and he picks the one that can't even get dressed in the morning. Okay, listen. Can't you see the problem child she is? Listen, I like Mashiro. She needs a helper. I like Mashiro, but she is not a romantic equal for him and will not ever understand him. That's right. The way that Nanami can. Nanami is on his level. Nanami can give him what he needs and can take what she needs from him. Can you think of Mashiro long term? The girl is 17 and she can't function as a person. She needs all his help, which is fine. And she does grow from that. She does get better at that. But can you imagine trying to be married to someone like that? That would be terrible. It would be awful. He's thinking, oh, I need to improve myself so much, blah, blah. Blah, blah. No, what's going to happen is that you're going to enter a relationship where the person that is supposed to support Mashiro is going to end up being you. And if that's the case, you're not going to have time to improve yourself. You're going to be so busy be helping her, day. babysitting her, that you're not ever going to get yeah. there. I like Mashiro. She's a great character. But I definitely think Nanami is best girl for him. But of course, that's not who he picks because the sweet, kind one is never the one chosen. <laughs> Well, overall, I really liked Pet Girl Soccer So. It really surprised me. I was not at all, like I said earlier, expecting to like it nearly as much as I did. What's your most memorable episode of the show? I can't think of the episode, but when Nanami gets rejected by the voice acting agency and she doesn't get a role and her and Sorda are talking about it and she's comforting her. I was crying during that time. Her voice actors did a great job showing how emotional that was for her and how she's like so frustrated by trying so hard and wanting to give up. That was a really intense scene. My favorite episode is the Christmas episode. Most memorable for sure. I never forget him not going to Shiro party and instead going to Nanami but then finding out that Shiro had run away and meeting her at that bench. Yeah it was pretty clear at that point who he was actually in love with. There are definitely a lot of memorable moments in this anime for sure. So the next one I watched with a friend 
Yona of the Dawn. Ooh. We've been watching this one for a while and we finally finished it. All I have to say about this is that it got me kind of heated about some things. Not gonna lie. There's a guy, Sue Wan, who she was all in love with in everything and then he killed her dad and that wasn't very cool. Betrayal right there. And so I pretty much hated Sue Wan throughout the whole anime. Like I'm still angry about Sue Wan. I would yell at the TV every time he came on. It was very intense. But then there is somebody else who I love named Hawk and he is the perfect match for her. And as we kind of were watching this anime I thought it would be a little different than what it was and it turned out it's just a reverse harem <laughs> and I was like wait a minute friend of mine is this a harem and she's like no she lied to you and no I said is this a reverse harem she's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first reverse harem she showed you she also showed you Kamisama Kiss she told me to watch that Kamisama yeah. Kiss yeah she did Yep. Oh You're my right. word. You're right. She did tell me to watch Kami Sama Kiss. That's not as harem though. That's more just romance. She should play Atome games if she hasn't already. I bet she'd be into that. I'll <laughs> have to let her know. If she likes Kami Sama Kiss and, uh, and Yona of the Dawn, okay. I bet Atome genre. But listen... They start collecting the different dragons. Oh, of course. They need them as a way for Yona to accomplish her goals of trying to defeat Suwon. And so they've never been all together for a very long time. And they've been waiting for their master to show up, basically. And so she is related to that person in some way. Whenever they see her, they're like immediately drawn to her because of that reason. Because of their dragon origins and dragon history and dragon blood. So all of the dragons are different. They're pretty cool. And then also another person that falls with her is a guy named Yoon who they met with the oracle that they went to go see and, and he wants to travel the world and, and learn more so he decided to come with them too. So it's very cool seeing Yona and then all of the harem guys. Honestly, I was not sure how I would feel about this anime, but I really liked it. I thought it was good. I liked how Yona's character develops over time. I think that she goes from being a sheltered princess, which is not her fault that she was this way. That's just how she grew up. And then she becomes a warrior. That's pretty cool. She shows bravery in different ways. She does get saved quite often and protected quite often by all the men in her harem. But... She can hold her own. Which suitor did you want her to? A 100% hawk. All right. Childhood best friend. Obviously the best looking one. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> she could tell you how much I love him. I would be like, screw Suwon. He sucks. Forget about him. There's a comb that she has that Suwon gave her that she refuses to throw away. And I'm like, girl, throw that in the lake. You don't need it. You don't need it. It makes me so mad. But if she ever lost it, she'd have to, like, comb through everything to find <laughs> it. Stop. She'd have to search everywhere with a fine-tooth nothing. Because <laughs> she don't have one. She ain't have nothing. Well, never good. Find she doesn't need again. it. She doesn't need it. It's from that loser Suwon who killed her dad, who betrayed her, and Hawk because they were best friends. So ridiculous. Anyway... I'm not over it. I'm still mad. I'll Obviously. never be over it. <laughs> Even though, like, there's an episode where they try to show that he's a nice guy or whatever. It's such BS. It makes me so mad. 
I get really heated by shoujo anime. I don't think there's anything that makes me feel quite as strongly for some reason. I get really hyped by shonen though. Shonen fights and sports anime get me really hyped too, but there's something about shoujo anime where there's somebody I want to win that gets me really heated. So you watched Dragon Ball Super. You were towards the end of it last podcast and now you finished it. I did it. It was a long, well, it was short for me, I guess. I'm impressed. You I got like, through like a hundred episodes so quickly. I just absolutely knocked it out of the park, that anime. I just watched it all instantly. It's just nothing happens. And so it's like, you know how cereal doesn't have any nutrients? And so <laughs> you eat it and you don't feel full and you just keep eating it forever. Or like soda, you just keep drinking the soda all day and then you feel awful afterwards. It's Dragon Ball Super right there. Um, oh my gosh <laughs> that's really mean to dragon ball super okay i loved it though to be fair i really yeah. enjoyed it. it it was everything i loved about dragon ball z but yeah it's, it's kind of annoying how it took 130 episodes for all that to happen it's like way too long <laughs> there were multiple arcs though there's like all those arcs i talked about last time but the final arc was pretty awesome goku uh, finally <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing because i watched a little bits of it here and there with you and doesn't he like literally try to find frieza because frieza's strong yeah he's just like hi it's goku frieza are you there you're strong he's so ridiculous they need 10 fighters and they can't find the 10th and so he's just like you guys what if we revive frieza what frieza's dead in hell aren't we safe he's evil he's not gonna help us fight no we need a 10th fighter wouldn't anybody else be better but here's the thing if he did turn evil we could just beat him again goku (laughs) that's that's what they said what is wrong with him he's gotta be the dumbest I don't know. Anime character out there. And they beat him last time because he didn't have the mental fortitude and the stamina to do his really good ability for long enough. And then they wake him up from the dead and he's like, I have spent the entire time (laughs) I was in hell (laughs) training my mental fortitude and stamina. (laughs) And now I can do this for way longer. I've been image training, killing you, Goku, (laughs) over and over. (laughs) <laughs> but in the end it turns out he's just a really chill guy so it's, he's just fine which just kind of makes sense since his name is freezer shut up oh my gosh anyway that's funny so i like dragon ball super i thought it was good i thought that the reveal <laughs> when, when i finally got to the part it took forever but when i finally got to the part when goku finally goes ultra instinct <laughs> i had to call you because <laughs> i was freaking out about it you did because you were waiting for so long you kept being like okay when's ultra instinct gonna come a hundred episodes ago we mentions offhanded oh you should try using your instincts for this and not thinking about it just have your body react and i'm like that's ultra instinct it's gonna happen any second now and i incorrectly <laughs> believed that ultra instinct was red i think i mentioned that last time oh he's oh, turning it red, red? It's, it's white ultra instinct's white uh, yeah 
I was being dumb. Oh, this whole time I thought it was red. The perfected form of Ultra Instinct is white. And when it's not perfected, his eyes just get a single added sparkle. That's the only difference. This little thing? Yeah. Oh, that's not very impressive. So was Ultra Instinct worth the like 130 episodes of watching it? Absolutely was. That was the hypest thing ever. The thing you gotta understand is that I spent so much work not spoiling myself for Ultra Instinct, which is obvious since I didn't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, you thought it was a whole different I thought color. it was red. And then I finally watch it and I'm like, oh my god, the Ultra Instinct music is that music? I was so hype about it. The da, 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 that yep, music. Yep. I've been hearing it all over the place and I'm like, I like that music. Yeah, it is Intense. really good battle music. It's on TikTok all over the place too. I just didn't look at any Ultra Instinct memes, so I had no idea that that's what it was. But then it happens and I'm like, my mind was so blown. I was like, that's what I've been listening to all this time. <laughs> it's, it's Dragon Ball. Well, that is very exciting. That was, that was my hype moment. Sounds to me, overall, you really enjoyed Super. Yeah, it does have the problems that all Dragon Ball has, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a little campy, I'll admit it, but yeah, it's fun. I loved coming downstairs and seeing little bits of it and seeing Android 18 yelling at Krillin and seeing Goku doing funny stuff and seeing Gohan as a grown-up. That's my favorite part about the show is Gohan's character. Yeah. I, I really like seeing Gohan be this adult who struggles with adult things. It feels like they were like, oh, our audience grew up. So let's grow up the show along with them. So I watched the first four Naruto movies. So that's Naruto, the movie, Ninja Clash in the Land of Snow. The second one, Legend of the Stone of Galel. The next one after that, Guardians of the Crescent Moon Kingdom. And the fourth one I watched, Naruto Shippuden, the movie. Let me tell you something. Naruto movies are just okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen them. So you're you're going into unexplored territory in Naruto for me. So the first one, Ninja Clash in the Land of Snow, had a lady that really pissed me off. She is the worst. And they tried to humanize her later, but I didn't care. You know what happened? You know what she did? Naruto saw a movie with her in it, really loved her, wanted an autograph. She said no to other kids too, giving them an autograph. And he chased her down and said, I want an autograph. She could have just said, no, go away. But she said, okay, Naruto, I'll give you an autograph. And he's all excited. She wrote it down. Then she ripped it up and kicked him into a bunch of boxes. Like, excuse me? Excuse me? Who do you think you are? Didn't you read the name of the show? It's about Naruto. You ain't the main character, lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, she made me so mad. From that moment on, I was just like, no matter what she does throughout this movie, I hate her and she's on my list of so, enemies. I have been protecting you. When we watch Naruto from the filler, and this is your first experience with true filler, how does it feel? Meaningless. Like, I know it's not going to go anywhere. Although, a couple of them had Rock Lee in it, so that was pretty exciting. I apologize, I don't remember them super well, but I'm pretty sure it was the Legend of the Stone of Glow that had Rock Lee in it, and then the Guardians of the Crescent Moon Kingdom that had Rock Lee in it. And I'm here for some more Rock Lee content. 
Yeah. Always here for some more Rock League content. So that was exciting. One of them also had Shikamaru in it. That was pretty exciting. There were some really good fights in, I would say, the second and third one. And then the fourth one had some interesting fights, too. But for the most part, I feel like there's a reason I stopped at four, okay? Like, one day I will finish them all, but they weren't my favorite. Right. But I did enjoy them. They made me happy because, as you all know, I love Naruto. And so seeing extra Naruto content made me really happy. What? So I also watched a couple romance anime, some much better than others. Watched an anime called Devil's Line, which is about vampires. And they call them devils in the show, though, not vampires. But our main girl falls in love with the vampire, who's the main guy. It was a nice romance. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Tsukasa, who's the main girl, is a little too focused on Anzai. Anzai's the main guy. So much so that I feel like her whole character is just being in love with him. But honestly, they have a really nice romance. And they really care about each other a lot. And it was good. I liked it. I don't necessarily like stuff that much about vampires. I'm not like a big vampire romance type person. But I feel like it didn't go the completely traditional route that vampire romance stuff goes so it was interesting i also watched blue spring ride which is very good we'll talk about this a little bit more with wolf girl and black prince which i did not like it made me very upset and angry did you even finish that i did oh really but blue spring ride i feel like there's a lot of anime about boys who have some sort of emotional backstory and girls who want to get them to open up and feel like they have to be there for them. This is the same thing as Orange, pretty much, the anime Orange. I feel like I just get kind of tired of seeing girls feel like they need to rescue boys from from that. That can be really annoying. Yeah, and I get what they're saying. I think they're trying to show that it's important to not give up on people because basically the premise is that main girl Yoshioka was in love with Ko when they were younger who's the main guy and then he moved away and they both changed and she started having friends that were kind of fake friends you know to try to fit in right right and they explore that and that's all good she had tried to be less feminine and girly because the other girls rejected her because of that because she would get attention from boys in middle school so she tried to stop doing that and when Ko sees her and they start talking again he like accuses her of having fake friends and she changes her ways for the better and that's all great and all but he's just kind of cold to her a lot throughout it and she just tries to keep on like being there and trying to get him to open up to the point that he kind of hangs out in a dangerous area with a bunch of people that he probably shouldn't be hanging out with. And she goes to find him by herself and kind of puts herself in danger. And I get kind of tired of watching romance anime where the guy is just very closed off and not very emotional and the girl feels like it's her responsibility to get him to open up and then it works you know what i mean like i I don't like the idea that girls should be fixing the guy all the time but i thought it was enjoyable overall it's a bit forgettable if i'm gonna be honest i was a little disappointed because i've heard really good things about blue spring ride it just wasn't exactly what i I honestly haven't heard that much about blue spring ride i just see the anime and i hear the name wasn't one of my favorites but i still thought it was good Wolf Girl and Black Prince, on the other hand, very similar plot, although he's very sadistic. And basically what happened is 
the girl in that one, she wants to fit in so bad that she lies about having a boyfriend and she decides that she's going to take a picture of some random hot guy she finds on the street and say that's her boyfriend and when she does that, it turns out to be, unfortunately for her, it ends up being a guy at her school instead of just some random dude. And so her friends see him walking by and they're like, oh wait, isn't that your boyfriend? So she has to pull him aside to explain to him the whole situation and he agrees to be her fake boyfriend. But then he's like super sadistic about it the whole time. He's like, well, I'll be your fake boyfriend, but I want you to do everything I say. So turn around three times and bark. Ew. I know. And then he like just continues to act that way towards her. For Christmas, he says, well, I got you this necklace and it's in place of a collar because I can't get you a collar because that would like be too weird. And he just refuses to do stuff with her for no reason. They end up actually dating and then he refuses to go on a boat ride with her because he's just a jerk for some reason. And he just keeps on being a jerk the whole time but he was like nice to her once or something. And so she's like, he's actually really kind. It's just like underneath everything. Like, no, it's not. It's not. He's just a jerk. They need to switch partners with Horimi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> it just made me so mad. I was so mad at the end of it. I'm like, why did I waste my time watching this stupid anime about this stupid guy and this stupid girl? There was like literally no likable characters in the whole show except his friend. Okay, his friend was a baller. His friend Takaru was a baller. He tried so hard to figure out ways to make the main guy fall in love with her. And so he was such a good friend, but Kiyoya was just a huge jerk. Huge jerk. And at least in Blue Spring Ride, the guy had an emotional past with his family and there were reasons why he was the way he was. I don't think there's any reason why this dude is the way he is. He's just literally a jerk. It would be one thing if he was just kind of messing with her in the beginning, but once they form a real relationship, he just doesn't stop. He just keeps on being mean. I don't get it. Okay rant over about wolf girl and black prince i just had to get that off my chest because i was just so annoyed after watching it but on the brighter side of things we watched nagatoro episodes 8 through 11 a show where the character can be a little sadistic but we actually don't mind it so much no because she's actually very kind and cares about senpai and is very sweet can I just say, these last couple episodes have been so heartwarming. I can't get over them. I legitimately could not. On the 11th episode, when they started flashing back to Nagatoro leaning over. All the cute different moments in this show. Yeah, they knew what they were doing with those moments. They were like adding up to be this gorgeous thing. And then he says that the thing that he's most attractive to is Nagatoro. It yeah. has been a crazy set of episodes. He's like, I just like you the way you normally are. Yeah. And he oh. wants to capture her in that everyday was life. It was so cute. I cannot wait for the last episode. I don't want it to be over, but I want to see their story. I'm sure continue. the last episode's going to be great. I bet it will. I wonder if they'll go anywhere from his confession. That's really what it was. It was so beautiful seeing them fall into the pool and then get out and she's laughing. And it's really cute. <laughs> 
It was really cute. Their whole relationship is really cute. And it played the theme song and everything. I cried. It was so emotional. It was so good. You know what? I did not expect Nagatoro to be this way. I thought it would be a lot more like goofy, kind of jokey stuff. Well, we watched Uzuki. Yeah, you were expecting it to be Uzuki Part Two, but it's not. It's been actually really sweet and heartwarming. I've really liked it. I think the beginning was pretty goofy, but as the series goes on, they definitely form a very real romantic relationship. That's really sweet. So I watched Goblin Slayer, and to be honest, I don't have a lot to say about Goblin Slayer because. It's all spoilers if you don't want to spoil it to me. Slayed goblins. That's about it. Oh, so opposite. It's just, (laughs) it's all in the name. Well, okay. I mean, when I watched it, I was like, you know, I've just been watching some nice anime, some chill anime. Why don't I watch some action anime? I'm really ready for that. And it definitely is an action anime. But then there are parts of it where him and the main girl on his party just go get ice cream together. And I was sitting there watching it thinking to myself, I didn't realize I had signed up for a slice of life anime. (laughs) I thought I was watching an action anime. You know, that is really garbage. When you like sign up to watch one anime and you end up watching something completely different, it doesn't make any sense. No, it really doesn't. Nothing wrong with whatever genre of anime. It's just you don't want to watch it. You're not in the mood. You wouldn't have picked it. Exactly. And then it also kind of turned into harem territory a bit. Not too bad, but I feel like every single fantasy action show turns into a harem at some point. And I don't understand why. Like, I was not expecting it to be a harem of some sort. I was just expecting pure action. I really didn't even think he would have an actual party. I just thought it would be him. But I did enjoy it overall. I thought it was pretty decent. If you still want to watch it, you definitely can. I Maybe one day I will. If I want to rewatch it. <laughs> I also watched Land of the Lustrous, which wasn't one of my favorites. I don't have a ton to say about this one either, but I appreciate the uniqueness of it. I think it was really unique anime. The concepts are really unique. The main character was really unique. Foss, that's her name. She's the main character. And I thought that her character development over the show was really interesting. But I will say, I just think it's one of those that just wasn't necessarily for me. It's just about like a big group of gemstone people that are being attacked by these other people who apparently just want their gems and they don't really explain for what purpose like if it's just for decorations for what to me it just feels a little bit like okay well i don't know the reasoning behind the villain's motivation i think if i just knew their motivation a little bit i would be more into it but i definitely appreciate how it's a unique anime and i definitely appreciate the concept behind it i just think it just wasn't for me you probably would have liked it more than i did really why because it's got all girls in it oh i'm in Except the sensei guy. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. That's how it works. I don't make the rules. He's not in it. He's not in it a whole lot. I'm back in. (laughs) (laughs) So this next one is definitely for a mature audience. So if you are not a mature audience, if you are not 18 plus, you should not be watching this. Cup your ears. Yes. But this next one is Golden Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I walked in on that that <laughs> swimming pool scene 
and you were like going to go pause and i was like don't you dare pause this scene this is one of the most famous scenes in all of anime yeah that was hysterical when he's swimming and he can't swim at all and he just looks over like did you see how great that was (laughs) how do you like my swimming He's so stupid. I couldn't help but think that the creator of that show had some kind of weird problem with women in a weird way. Because the way that they portray women is so weirdly respectful. But then he always wins. Yeah, it's like weird. Like they're all... The best at what they do. Yeah, they're all the best at what they do. But then he like either wins or like proves them wrong in some way. Yeah, he like comes in two days later. Wow, nobody ever did like him before although he never won the swimming contest against that lady yeah but he proved that he taught the the kids better than she did that's true she made it so that she remembered that getting used to water is important you know i'm glad that you sat in with me on that one episode and have kind of seen clips from other episodes because i feel like this would be a really hard anime to just explain to someone you really have to sit down and see it and feel the vibe of it because it's so stupid and so like I just want to be clear, but also this so show hilarious. is from another era. Oh, yeah. I okay? mean, it's from 1995. It does not pull comedy punches. Nowadays, we pull punches when we tell jokes. This show, it's reflection of a human soul. Okay. Somebody came in and they were like, I'm putting it down on the page. And the editor was like, no, that's dumb. And he's like... I know it's dumb. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if maybe the world needed to see this. I don't know who I, needs to see what? it. But it, it's so ridiculous because the entire world is straight man. Like the straight man in a comedy duo act. And yeah. then the main character is just the doofus that <laughs> somehow wins everything. But not in a way where he benefits from it. And I watched this dub, and it is great dub. I can knock it over the parts where he's, like, on his bicycle, and he's just like, study, 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 study. And he gets in trouble with stuff, and he'll just be like, oh, no, please, no. I'm like, dude, his voice just cracks me up itself. I think this might be known as one of the worst dubs. Nah, the dub is fantastic. So just warning out there is that some people might watch the show expecting it to be a really horrible dub. But like, it's a you gotta understand dub. that it's impossible not to be entertained by the voice acting. Oh yeah, Kintaro's like, voice actor the, is The English hysterical. voice acting is very funny. It's amazing. And it might not be whatever you're expecting it to be, to be good voice acting. I don't know what that means, but it is really funny. I did love how at the end he is at this anime production company and they're like struggling to make a deadline for something really important. And so he calls up all of the different women that he's met throughout the show <laughs> and they all come and help him in some way. I thought that was wow. really great. And all of them were like, where'd you go? Because half the time he just like bounces and doesn't say bye to anybody because he just travels around the world on his bicycle. <laughs> but I have to admit... Study, 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 study. study. 
<laughs> I have to admit, I really did enjoy it. It's really stupid. As a woman, I feel like I should be offended by a lot of what happened in the show. Like, just inappropriate stuff happening that it should not be happening. Is it disrespectful to women? I mean, some of the outfits that they have them in is just ridiculous. Okay. Like, obviously not the, a good the representation. see-through yeah. elements. All the see-through like, stuff. The swimsuits have, like, well, were you, showing things. You that, didn't see the woman from the first episode. Yeah, that was, like, like, a lot. You're seeing stuff that I feel like you shouldn't see. But I feel like they play a lot of that stuff for laughs and it makes fun of the main character. It's oh, not, yeah. It's not saying, oh, look at all these hot women and all their worth is is their bodies. The women are the competent ones in the show. But then he teaches them a lesson somehow. <laughs> because <laughs> he's well, worthwhile too he finished all of his law school classes and just left he didn't graduate so he's obviously a smart guy he went to law school and then there's an episode where he like gets beat up by a yakuza and then the yakuza is trying to marry this girl that he's friends with just to screw her family over basically and then he fights the yakuza and he's just like oh, I can't believe I had to use my martial arts in this situation. Something so small like this. And I'm like, who are you? How do you know all this stuff? Like, you almost got a law degree. You know martial arts really well to beat up a Yakuza. Like, what kind of life have you been leading this whole time? I think Kintaro is a man of many talents and many mysteries. And we'll never know. So we watched Jujutsu Kaisen. What an incredible show and songs and everything. It was great. I loved yes, it. Yes, I'd watched this before mm-hmm. by myself, as I've his, talked about before. His name should have been Eat a Finger. <laughs> Shut up instead of Eat a Dory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Because I've said my thoughts on this. I really love this. I love Gojo. I love the character's story. I think the action's great. But what do you think of it? I thought that Itadori really is the best best friendo. Him and Toto are perfect. Toto is great. I love Toto. I love Toto's backstory. Thought that was great. I don't know why he thinks Itadori's his middle school best friend. That's his topic <laughs> for another. fantasy world. That's his fantasy world. It, it, it actually is. Just leave him be. I, I don't understand that, but I liked a lot of the animation. It was really good when it needed to be. My current standard for animation of recent shonen is the scene of Tanjiro fighting the spiders at the end of that arc of Demon Slayer. And that was so mind-blowing to me. This show did not live up to that level, but it's like impossible to get up to that level. But in terms of right off the bat, you see Itadori crashing through a window and the directing on that shot is just so good. It sold me immediately. The characters were all really fun and lovable. And I feel like the animation wasn't as good as I wanted it to be but when it shined it really did shine like when the final fight they do some really cool moves the black flash for a few moments that was animated really well the way they explained the powers was inherently interesting and it hit all the right notes at the right time the only thing that I could say that I didn't like about the story notes is that it felt like they baked up a character to get killed in one of the episodes by the bad guy and and the oh, emotional Junpei. resonance yeah Junpei the emotional resonance of that scene I felt like it didn't get felt enough that Itadori was making friends with this guy then his mom died 
You know, when I was watching it week to week, I felt like Itadori and him had been friends forever, and it was actually pretty emotional, but then when I binged it, I'm like, oh, he barely even knows this guy. Yeah, but they really do make you feel like they're friends, and then he just dies, and what you get is you get Itadori going, people are gonna die. That's what the lesson he learned. But it's not just people are gonna die. Junpei died, and he needs to feel that, and that was the only thing, is that I felt like for somebody who literally watched their grandpa die in front of them who cares so much about human life and making sure that people die the right way to see him fail on that gulf it just seemed like it would cause him more distress and it just doesn't for the most part it seems like he's super mentally stable throughout the whole show which is kind of crazy it seems like he's just kind of happy-go-lucky and just nothing really affects him which is a little weird and kind of hard to relate to i see what you're saying i also get kind of annoyed when there's like a con to using powers or like a con to somebody's abilities and you see it early on in the show like oh my word he is trying so hard at this and like deku with his fingers getting hurt at the beginning it's so interesting because there's so much drawback to their ability and that is compelling to me and in Jujutsu Kaisen toward the beginning it's like oh my word he's possessed by this cursed spirit Tsukuna it's terrifying and he could kill somebody his body could go on a rampage and kill somebody because of Sukuna. and then I'd say for a solid half of the show you could almost forget that Sukuna's there almost. I think that's fair it's like he pops up every once in a while may as well not exist I would like to see more of him in the next season who was your favorite character that's a hard one Gojo he's pretty awesome I also like Nobara Nobara is a great character I don't think she gets enough love I really love Toto. I love Gojo and I love Nanami. I would say Nanami, Toto, Gojo, and then Itadori are probably my top four favorites in the show. I'm glad that you liked Jujutsu Kaisen. It is a really good anime. So I watched a couple of seasonals so far. We'll get into some other seasonals both of us watched. But I watched Odd Taxi episodes 1 through 6, Tokyo Revengers episodes 1 through 11, and To Your Eternity episodes 1 and 2. So I'll start with Odd Taxi. Really loving it. All the characters are animals, right? And the main character, Anakawa, is a taxi driver. And it's essentially about him and all of the different people in this city and how they're interconnected in different ways. And it's been really good so far. I don't want to spoil too much of it or go too in-depth into it, just in case I want to show it to you. I haven't decided yet. I don't know if it's your cup of tea or not, but it's got a lot of really good mystery elements to it. And I like how as the story has gone on, things have slowly started to unravel and the characters get more and more connected and you figure out how they're connected. But I will say one of the recent episodes that I've told you about where there's a guy who had been trying in his gotcha game for a dodo for like four years and then Otakawa just drives by and knocks down his phone and it breaks right as he had won the dodo. That was heart-wrenching. <laughs> this poor man. I felt so bad for him. Been trying so hard. I don't know if it's my favorite seasonal. I'll have to decide that but it's definitely really unique and it really keeps me interested every time. I'm excited to continue to see where the mystery goes because I've been hearing that it gets even better and better as time goes on and like it goes in some unique directions. It's already gone in directions 
I wasn't expecting. So I'm very excited to see how it all comes together at the end and how everybody's stories tie up. Tokyo Revengers is one that I would say is pretty popular right now. Everybody's been into that. You know, I really like Tokyo Revengers. There's something about it that keeps me from feeling like the gang stuff is as serious as I want it to be, even though people have like literally gotten stabbed and are near death. And objectively, when I compare it to other gang anime, there has been more violence in it than others. I feel like maybe they're trying to make the gang feel like too heartwarming, too friendly. Um. I don't know. It's hard to explain. There's a time travel element to it, which I think is interesting how they use it. Part of it is that the girl he was dating when he was in middle school, her brother is part of this too. And they're trying to prevent her from dying in the future. And basically the gang is the reason that she dies. And how he can go back and forth from the past to the future is by shaking his hand. Shaking her younger brother's hand. Don't know why that's the trigger. But anyway, I'm really enjoying it. I like gang stuff. I like street fighting. So this has basically everything I want. There's a lot of emotion to it because our main guy, Takamichi, keeps coming back and forth. But the real stars of this show are definitely like Mikey and Draken, who are like the two main leaders of the gang. Draken's definitely my favorite. Although a lot of people like Mikey, I would say. I am excited to see more. I watched episodes 1 through 11 so far, so I'm all caught up. I don't totally know how many episodes are supposed to be. I think 20-something, so we'll see how it goes. Because right now, he seems to think that everything in the past has been fixed for the future, and that the future is great now, but there's more to go, so obviously this is not the case. I also watched episodes 1 and 2 of To Your Eternity. I don't have a ton to say about this, just because I haven't gotten super deep into it yet, but the first episode was, like, heart-wrenching. Oh my gosh. It was so sad. I was not ready for it. I was not emotionally ready, not mentally ready. I won't go into detail too much about it because I don't want to spoil it for you just in case you want to watch it. But man, it was really sad. And then the second episode's about this cute little girl named March and that was sad. I'm interested to see where the story from the first episode and then the story from the second how they meet together. So you watched Adachi and Shimamura. So tell us what that was like. I sure, I still don't know what to think of that show because it changes a lot based on what the characters thought of each other. And the end of the day it was a show that was about adachi coming to terms with how she feels about another girl and then shimamura coming to terms with letting someone else into her life at all period and not just being alone right and those are two very different things than each other normally with relationships especially romantic ones you want two people who like each other right that's how it works in romance but instead it was this is probably not how it actually was like probably it's that they both like each other and i'm just completely missing it but from what i could tell adachi had like a romantic interest in shimamura but shimamura is just a more touchy kind of person and does things that friends should not be doing with each other but she does think of adachi as a friend i think and maybe this is just me not understanding the way that Adachi and Shimura think, the way that they express themselves. But like, in my mind, if you are romantically interested in someone, it looks like a certain way. And it looks like the way Adachi thinks. And it doesn't look the way Shimura thinks. So maybe this is just me not understanding that. I always criticize shippers and my hero being like, you guys don't understand the way guys think at all when you're shipping all this stuff. Maybe this is just me not understanding that the way girls think with Aoshimamura. 
Listen, is, but I like, saw like five minute little bits and pieces of that anime when you were watching it downstairs. Hundred percent, the one was in love with the other. I don't know who was who, but it was just like, hey, could I come over for a sleepover? Also, I want to sleep in your room. Also, I want to sleep in your bed. Also, and Chimur is just like, okay, and it's like, no, this that is girl weird. Was clueless. Either she's super dumb and naive, or she was into it too. Yeah, it has to be one of the two. I think it's just that she wants to let Idachi into her life, but also she doesn't care about other people in the same way. When other people show her affection, she just doesn't care. So it's just, it's interesting. That that show perplexes me, is the word. It really perplexes me. Well, did um, you like it? I like stuff with girls on it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. yeah, I did. All right. I can't not like stuff with girls in it. I can't help it. It's all great. So we also watched Fruits Basket Season 3, Episodes 1 through 9. Ooh. And oh my gosh, has that been an emotional roller coaster? Yeah, we just no watched kidding. a couple before recording today. That's right. And man, this season, I feel like they're, it's not very plot heavy necessarily, but there's so much emotion relationships have taken so many turns toru has confessed her love to kyo and gotten stabbed with a knife by akito and fallen off a cliff and is now in the hospital and yuki is kind of fallen in love i think with the student council guy's sister and kyo is still like grappling with the fact that he's in love with toru it's just crazy and momiji is now a grown man yeah that was wild and then he's finally showing interest in toru which i was really hoping would happen i was and i wasn't now that he's a man <laughs> his voice is even like now that deeper. his voice is deeper and now that he carries his rabbit backpack with a little more pride <laughs> now that he, he's um, a man <laughs> he's, he's a man <laughs> i wasn't i knew that she's in love with kyo and Momiji's is gonna get his little heart broken and that's what's been happening i know admittedly i'm kind of glad that plot wise that so much has changed in the last episode because admittedly with toru at least i felt like toru was getting predictable i felt like i just sort of knew what her character was gonna do so? that doesn't make for super interesting characters what do you mean be an angel i literally predicted exactly be the nicest girl ever two minutes away from her saying something what she was going to say so so that makes the show less interesting okay fair i think you're right i love the whole thing with akito where she's like i finally see you i finally understand you yeah but i also said that that's what was gonna happen you know what yeah. i said he she was gonna try to hug akito and then Akito is going to stab her. You know what? I think Toru is a beautiful soul and I love watching her. And I like that she and Akito had a heart to heart. And I think that Akito will maybe be healed from Toru because of course she can. Because I feel like any single person in the whole world can be healed by toru apparently i just feel like literally if you're near toru you just break down whatever wall whatever structure you had 
is gone. Just all breaks down. That's her downfall, really. She shouldn't have got so close to that cliff edge. She should have <laughs> known that she would cause it to break down. Man, we were her sitting quirk there. Her activated. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting there like, okay, what's going to happen? Is Akito going to push her? What's going to go on? And I'm just sitting there like she's standing way too close to this cliff. As soon as I saw Akito reach for for her hand, I was like, oh no, it's happening. Well, I thought And then maybe, the cliff crumbles underneath her. I thought maybe Akito would save her, reach out and save her, and that would be like a like Redemption. A well, Fruits Basket, I think, has been really good so far. Can't wait to see the end. We are very close. Only got yes. a couple episodes left. So. I'm very hype. Me too. So last but certainly not least, we watched My Hero Academia Season 5, Episodes 8 through 11. And this tournament arc has been really great. I've loved it so far. I've loved seeing Shinso in action. He's been really cool. Seeing Deku's powers go all crazy, that was intense. We have been able to see more of what makes me really love the show. The students fighting each other. Feels like there's a lot on the line with One for All being there. You never know how it's going to grow. Deku learning about himself. The relationships really shining through. Being the pivotal part of the show. People really developing and showing their talents or showing where they're still weak. This is what My Hero really shines with. I feel like I still love My Hero's first few seasons for really blowing my mind with the training. Right. Um, And I feel like I'm not getting this yet with Deku's new power. But the way that Deku's new power was introduced was just really good. So I'm not I'm really not good. saddened by that at all. I was like, you know what? This is good my hero stuff right here. It makes me excited for once they stop fighting the children, they start fighting the League of Villains or whoever it is next time. I was very excited because my man Bakugo had some good character development. Yes. He showed that he was able to work in groups with people and be a pretty good leader and protect his friends and have them protect him, too. So that was impressive. I was very proud of him. And I really liked the part with Uraka and Deku where she helps him when he's losing control. I thought that was a sweet moment. Yes, I always love those moments. Can we just talk about Monoma and how he's crazy and how I love it? Yes. I love that right after Deku regained his sanity a bit and control of his powers, he just went right in and tried to attack. (laughs) He wasn't like gonna wait. Still in the middle of a fight, not backing down. Yeah, that was awesome. I just love how he goes on and on about Class 1A and how much he hates them. It just cracks (laughs) me up for some reason. I think it's funny. Yeah, overall, I think that this season has been really good. I know last season was not our favorite, but this season I'm really liking. It's not been as as good to me as some of the earlier seasons, but I have this feeling that it's going to get really good. Like something's going to happen. It's going to get really good. They're kind of teasing like League of Villains stuff as we go along. I'm really excited to see what happens now that the training arc between the classes is kind of over. We'll see. Well, that does it for this episode of Talk No Jutsu. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. What's that old saying? Pals before gals?